Hi, I'm Skip Nipper. Welcome to my podcast, where I tell you about Nashville's great baseball history and traditions. Shot to right a one-hop liner. Certainly about its past, especially about Tom Wilson Park, Herschel Greer Stadium, Sulphur Dale, but also a little bit about its present and future, too. Yes, he can. A mix the waist-high catch. And I introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans and their love for everything baseball. A high fly ball down the right field corner going way back. Hits a lead-off home run. My dad always told great stories in family history. Mom did, too. Doggone, I wish, like most people, when your relatives have passed, that you didn't spend a little bit more time either writing down things or just talking about things, asking questions, mostly. I remember my dad saying that the night before I was born, that he and the doctor, Dr. Jimmy Hayes, sat in a waiting room looking at a small screen, black and white television, and watching a fight between Joe Lewis and Ezra Charles. Now, the date was September the 27th, 1950. I think I was born the next morning. I have actually purchased a ticket from that boxing match. It's rated excellent. The grade on it is five by... PSA, and I'm proud to have that. And the reason I bring that up a little bit, I want to tell a story that kind of describes what happened to baseball, particularly minor league baseball, after World War II. Now, we all know that during those years of war that various things happened in the majors. They did not stop playing, but some of the seasons, particularly in World War I, they played a limited schedule. And the problem during World War II is All the young men were off to war, so teams were filled by older players or younger players. In fact, sometimes just barely out of high school. Well, I want to move ahead to 1952 to kind of open this story up. It tells about the demise of attendance in minor league baseball because after World War II, everything picked up again until about 1948-49 when tremendous crowds came to places like Sulphurdale and Ponce de Leon Park in Atlanta and Inglefield in Chattanooga. Baseball was king back in those days, but decline was coming. Now, on Thursday, June the 5th, 1952, boxer Jersey Joe Walcott retained his heavyweight crown in a unanimous decision over Ezra Charles. Yes, that Ezra Charles who fought against Joe Lewis the night before my actual birthday. This match was held in Philadelphia's Municipal Stadium, and it drew 21,599 fans, and countless others watched on television and listened on the radio. Now, what in the world does that have to do with attendance in baseball, particularly in the Southern Association in Nashville? Well, that same night, Thursday, June the 5th, 1952, the Nashville Vols lost at home to the Birmingham Barons. The score was 4-2, to two, and bolstered by 1,052 members of the Knothole Club, paid admissions totaled approximately 700 at Sulphurdale. In other words, 700 paid and 1,052 members of the Knothole Club, junior, mostly boys. I imagine it could have been all boys back in those days. Probably got in free since they're not listed as paid admissions. So, 1,052 members plus of uh, the Knothole League plus 700, 1,752 people attended the game. And, but on that same night, in other action around the league, 
894, saw the hometown Chattanooga Lookouts win over the Atlanta Crackers 5-2. And at the same time in Memphis, 816, attended the Chicks game against New Orleans in a 2-1 win over the Pelicans. The largest crowd of the four Southern Association games was in Little Rock as the Travelers won over Mobile 4-2 with 2,000 574 fans on hand. Now, once again, what does all this have to do with the Walcott-Charles fight that night? An article in the June 18th edition of the Sporting News helps explain the dilemma. Without knowing it, the future is predicted in a couple of ways. In its infancy, television was making its mark, and everyone was taking notice. And this news feature in the Sporting News began with this line. The impact of television on baseball attendance was never more thoroughly demonstrated than the night of the Joe Walcott Ezra Charles Championship boxing match June the 5th, when clubs generally reported low gates as fans remained home to view the title bout. Well, whether Southern Association executives were aware or not, Some teams were planning on losing many fans to the fight broadcast. Columbus, Ohio of the American Association moved its game to the afternoon, and they still only drew 381. Toronto of the International League postponed its game entirely. Attendance across the minor leagues felt the effect for games played in competition with the big broadcast of June the 5th. And here are some numbers. In the American Association, that night, June the 5th, Toledo drew 1,952. Indianapolis drew 1,003. Louisville, 876. And over in the Texas League, San Antonio didn't have any trouble drawing 4,408. And Houston didn't either with 2,472. But in Shreveport and Beaumont, They drew less than 800 each, while in the Pacific Coast League, Hollywood drew 2,868. Now, that sounds like a lot, but the previous night, they drew 6,808. And in Seattle, it was a doubleheader, and they drew 2,388. And San Diego drew 1,170, while Oakland drew 432 because the game was delayed for the fight. And in the International League, there was no trouble. Ottawa drew 9,463, Montreal 4,707, and Rochester 1,631. The Pacific Coast League's Oakland game began once the fight was over. If you can believe it, television sets were placed near home plate for fans to watch the boxing match. Interestingly, Ottawa... Toronto and Montreal, three Canadian teams, which I mentioned earlier, did not have television stations in their cities, although Toronto residences could pick up the Buffalo signal. Seven major league games were played on June the 5th, but only two at night in direct competition with the fight. And strange as it may seem, the Philadelphia Athletics played a home game against the Detroit Tigers at Shab Park, but they drew only 2,000. 616. Remember, the fight took place in Philadelphia. 
And the game in St. Louis against the Boston Braves, however, drew an attendance of 4,974. A few days after the fight, beloved Nashville, Tennessean sports writer Raymond Johnson called attention to the battle's resounding sway that hammered Southern Association attendance when he wrote, If anyone harbors a notion that television does not cut down the baseball attendance, he should take a peep at the crowds at Southern League games Thursday night. And he continued with the comparison between Little Rock and the other Southern Association cities' opportunities for television competition. He wrote, Over in Little Rock, 2,574 cash customers turned out Thursday night. Television didn't hurt over there because the Arkansas capital does not have TV. There are about 2,000 TV sets in Little Rock, and these owners depend on programs out of Memphis. And he continued, Chattanooga doesn't have TV either, but Chattanoogans are able to pick up the programs from Atlanta's three television stations, and there are more than 20,000 sets in and around Chattanooga, according to estimates. No doubt many of these owners are mild baseball fans. And in comparison, Nashville has approximately 70,000 TV sets. He finished with a statement that bodes well for the future. And I quote, there is no doubt that television has a powerful impact. Well, the crystal ball of 1952 let us in on what the future would know. Over time, both baseball and boxing would both reap the rewards of the real winner, television, by a knockout and a home run.